Welcome to the Media Careers Podcast. My name is Carrie Wooten, and through this podcast, we're going to be speaking to people from across the media industry to learn about their education, their career paths, and their job roles. We'll discover what has motivated them and led them to undertake a career in the industry and what has kept them working within it. Where we can, we'll show as many links to organisations and individuals who can support and guide you through your journey into the media industry. We really hope you enjoy this series. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be welcoming Hope Primus, who is the VOD Schedule Executive at ITV. Hope started her career in the industry in 2018, having studied broadcast journalism at Salford University. She has moved across radio and television and undertaken roles as a production journalist and content delivery coordinator through to her current position. Hope and I met a couple of years ago and were lucky enough to spend a long weekend at the Rise Rewilding Retreat in Lancashire last year. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about her career and how she's got to her current position. Hope, welcome to the Media Careers Podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's so oh, nice to see you. Oh, pleasure. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, so on this podcast, we always like to start at the beginning and find out a bit about you as a person and what you were like as a kid so we can really understand what your education pathway was like and how you got into the industry. So let's start there. Let's start at the beginning. What what were you like as a young person? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's taken me uh, quite back that question. But it's, <laughs> so <funny. laughs> it's so funny, though, because I do actually remember always just staring at the TV. Um, honestly, like I've always been into television and radio anything that was on tv whether it was the news whether it was um you know reality tv started to really become a thing when I was growing up like that's when keeping up with the Kardashians first started and stuff like that so just seeing tv um and how it sort of was formed and like one of my favorite things was seeing live television and like when you'd be able to tell when something's gone wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, and I think that's why I've really ended up in this industry because I've always been thinking like what has just happened there like what's going on that we can't see um what should have happened what's gone wrong so I think I've always been interested in that sense you know I did try the netball the recorder the orchestra those you know (laughs) extra school curricular activities um which I did enjoy but I don't think that anything has stuck the way that sitting at home and watching tv and messing about on the computer and listening to the radio has um stuck um it's really been a hobby um that has turned into a career for me that's so interesting and and what was that hobby like then as a young person you talked about were you gaming or you're on your computer what so yeah. was that kind of were you doing that outside of school or was that part of school or well yeah so I went to round here high school in Leeds which mm. was really good like so it was quite um ahead of its time I would say in terms of the media suite so okay. this was in like probably 2013 we had max everywhere most schools didn't have max a lot of mm-hmm. students I knew used to come from surrounding schools just to use their media suite oh, right uh, and I also was very heavily involved in drama as well so I used to do uh, school musicals so I was involved in them extracurricular and I would also help um volunteer like with the after school drama classes like being one of the older students just helping younger students students sorry to get um, more comfortable and have more confidence so I've always been an active person I do remember my old um, drama um, school teacher saying to me, like, you're never going to be sat at a desk. Um, oh, really? Oh, that's it. That's quite insightful. Yeah. Of the yeah, she, yeah. 
when I was picking my options, she said, well, you don't seem like the type of person that would ever be sat at a desk, which, you know, I do sit at a desk now, but mm-hmm. I'm also doing loads of different things in my free time because I am very like involved in the media industry as a whole. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I would say as a child is I was active. Like my brain was always bouncing back and forth. Every time I saw something new, whether it was media based or whether it was just a new task, I was like, I'll try it. Um, I always want to try something once. Yeah, God, that's so interesting. And and did that activeness make you academic as well? Were was it all outside of the curriculum? You know, how did you balance that kind of interest yeah. in all of these things versus studying maths or English or getting, yeah, well, your, <laughs> getting your GCSEs done? <laughs> yeah, so basically, like on paper, as they would say on Love Island, um, I'm not academic. I think, okay. you know, I always think would say I was more of an English person than a maths and science person mm-hmm. I was always better with words than I was with numbers um that wasn't my strong point and I, if I'm honest it didn't interest me at all mm. um and did I, school interest you at all or not yes, really no school did school did okay. yeah school did interest me because I always especially once I got to high school I couldn't wait to get to like you know the stages where you could pick your options because I'd always known I wanted to be working in tv I wanted to be you know with the buzz and like entertainment is the heart of most households if not all in some way or another Uh whether you're a family that just listens to the radio or a family that's all on their phones now or like sits and watches tv on a weekend and I wanted to be part of that industry I want to be an integral part of that industry Uh um so going to school for me always was this is the path that I have to take to get to that point um so so I think in that sense yes when do you start when do you think that interest in tv and and I suppose specifically about having a career in that industry when do you think that started what age were you do you think do you know what honestly I think I definitely probably high school I think it would have been high school when you get there and it's like going from primary school where you sort of have the primary school um curriculum where it's like you know maths I don't even remember what you it's like maths science art and then you go to high school and you see the older kids and you hear them talking about oh I'm I'm editing this for my media project or I'm doing this for politics and it's like you hear them having those sort of conversations I have a lot of older siblings so I've never been sort of you know sh- hidden away from university from qualifications I've always heard about it yeah so I think for me I was just I'm quite an impatient person I'm getting better <laughs> as I'm getting yeah. older but me too I'm got, quite impatient as well <laughs> yeah I, and and I think as well like I know that it's a competitive industry so for me I just thought do you know what I'm just going to start now like I enjoyed it and I think in terms of high school, media was my strongest subject. Mm-hmm. I think that is because I enjoyed it so much that I would put my own um, experiences that I'd see from the shows that I watched or from just things that happened on the street. And then I'd go to you know my class and I'd be like, I've scripted this. And it would be so controversial, honestly, it'd be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm it's done. about though, is about experimentation, yeah. isn't it? particularly at that age, just, yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and my media teachers were so encouraging, and they said this is like this is what people are writing now. You know, I I would sneak and watch Big Brother when I shouldn't have been watching it, but <laughs> you know, but you'd find out things that you know caused what what our audience is looking for in television. Like you know, what are the things that are controversial? What are the things that are interesting? What are the things that represent people that aren't being represented? And like. I just think it's so interesting. I just find like media is genuinely a mirror to the world if it is done correctly. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And do you think that um, awareness, because it it sounds like you were really a super aware young woman, 
was that off your own back or was that a family environment encouraged that to kind of be yeah. quite curious about things or was it just you naturally going like I'm really fascinated by this I'm gonna go change no it. I think I think I've always been so like in the Caribbean culture we say like you're fast which okay. is basically like you're nosy like I've always been like a really nosy child like yeah I've always been the child that like I would think I have I'd say oh I've got a nosebleed and I knew I didn't have a nosebleed but it's just so I could go downstairs whilst the adults were there and like (laughs) (laughs) I love that we sat with them I was always the last to fall asleep you know like when you have family parties and the kids go upstairs I'd be like up listening like I've always just wanted to know everything like Mm -hmm. not necessarily that I would use that information but I just think that there's some part of me has always been aware like the more you know the more you can do you don't have to use the information but like it would just be good to know which I think has helped me throughout my career because I'm just interested in like new things all the time (laughs) which sometimes is a bit annoying because then I end up with like five or six things that I'm doing at once and then I'm like okay I need to slow down but I wouldn't change that because um I just see myself sort of as a vessel a vessel like just for new things for change like let's have it (laughs) Yeah, oh God, amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So then, so you did, you did media at GCSE, right? You, yeah, yeah so I did, you did that. No, yeah, you'd made GCSE that choice by that A-level. point. Yeah. 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 Oh, you were then yeah. went to do it at A-level as well. Yeah. And then, then I went on to uni and I did um, broadcast journalism, which was basically like media expanded, like everything to do with the media. So we studied television, online, radio and print. And then within those, you had to do law and ethics, politics, celebrities, sport, any sort of media um that you could think of like was you and sorry I was just gonna say was university always a choice for you you knew that that's what you were gonna be heading after A levels yeah I knew that I was going to university something that's so funny is that when I came to like doing our options um I didn't even go to visit any of the universities (laughs) that I wanted to go to (laughs) I just because I'm from Leeds and you know back then it was always London is where you go to do media like everyone just goes straight down south um so I just googled top five universities for um media in London and then I just put that first second third and fourth choice and then (laughs) my sister (laughs) that's extraordinary you didn't even so you didn't go to any of them to look no because what had (laughs) happened was my my sister and uh, my media teacher at the time said you really need to pick somewhere close to home Um, my media teacher said have you even thought of Salford and then I had never heard of Media City like at all and then she said to me like I think you should go so I went I think it was a school trip they'd arranged for like a group of media students to go and see it and I went and I was just like wow like this is literally like down south but up north like you would not uh-huh. have thought that this was here Um, I was studying right in the heart of Media City so where um my lectures were I'd have to walk past the BBC and the ITV and CBBC and Coronation Street every single day Mm -hmm. um so then I went there and then I was closer to home and if I'm honest I think that really has helped me to be you know start in my career because the competition up north is less because there's less people um and a lot of you know at the time a lot of people didn't actually think of going to Manchester everyone was just going to London yeah um so I'm happy that I went um to Manchester because I'm proud to be from up north anyway mm-hmm. so it was just perfect and there was just so many things happening there that um I was able to just get stuck in on yeah amazing so then so then you completed your degree and then yeah. what was that transition like to the working world and how did you go about that and what did yeah. that what did that even look like for you 
Yeah, it, do you know what? It was quite challenging at the beginning. Was it? Because, yeah. yeah, it was quite challenging, not necessarily to get the role. So I was quite privileged that um, I was probably, I graduated in the summer and by the January, I was already at ITV. So I'd had less than six months. But I think the reason for that is because, as I said, throughout my childhood, I was always just doing little things here and there. Mm. So like when it was the holidays, I'd spend a week at, for example, like Made in Leeds Television, I would be helping someone edit something. So my CV was really packed by the time I was by ready. The to- yeah, by the time you left university, you already had that form. Yeah, I was ready to Interesting. go. Yeah. yeah, I think I was ready to go. And this is something that I would really sort of express to people, not necessarily just in media. Obviously, my example is catered to media students, but just in general, that waiting for you to have your degree to then get as much work experience is not an ideal situation. I think... The competition is so strong that, you know, the as much experience that you have, not just for your CV, but just for yourself, just yeah. as you are experienced in receiving rejection. So you're experienced in being able to be like, OK, this is what they'll probably expect from me. So actually, I'm not going to apply for that because I, I've realised I don't have the skills to do that. It's just helping you to become um you know more comfortable within yourself as a professional to then mm. you know pitch yourself to these companies to say I can do this I'm good at this do you know what I mean yeah um, and that that phrase you said experience of rejection I think that's yeah. so critical like, all of us are rejected you know, all, the not, all the time yeah all the time through our careers and as you say building up that resilience so you're experienced enough to understand that that's part of the process and actually it doesn't mean that there's that's a full stop to the end of your career and you're not going to you're not going to get a job I think that's really critical yeah and I think as well like also knowing what is right for you you know I'm at a position now where I'm a little bit privileged where I can say you know what I don't think I'd like that so I might not apply for it but I'm not you know I'm not naive to the fact that when you are a student you just want to get a job but I think the more experience and the more things that you do at the time of studying helps you to know what to apply for helps you to know how to pitch yourself as an individual um, so that you know you're not in a job in an industry that you love but in a role that you don't do you know yeah, what I mean that's yeah. that's really challenging I think that's how a lot of people get stuck where it's sort of like you have a job for a company that you've always wanted to work for but you just you, you applied for the wrong role yeah yeah so then what so what did you do when you left uni what was yeah. what was the plan of attack in terms of getting a job so you obviously had this jam-packed CV of other experiences yeah. and work that you've done what did you then yes yeah, so at the t- at the time throughout being at uni from when I first started there I had a part-time job as a waitress slash bartender in a restaurant uh-huh. I was already doing that on the weekends or in the evenings um and then as soon as I finished uni I gave myself about a month and then I basically went to my manager at the bar and I said can I go to full-time whilst I stay here and just try to figure out because I didn't want to come back to Leeds um because obviously my thinking was I've studied in Manchester I have connections here yeah and it's a bigger pool of employment um than Leeds um but at the time as well what I did something that I think I'm quite good with time management and organization so um what I did was my two days that I would have off um so it would be a weekend but mine was a Monday Tuesday because it was a bar so obviously the weekend was the busiest Mm -hmm. but Monday and a Tuesday I would always volunteer at a radio station called Reform Radio in Manchester okay um, so then I was still just getting two days consistent work experience still in the industry and then the other four or five days I was um, working in a bar slash restaurant 
But those two days was like my designated days to continually building my career. So I was volunteering at that radio station. Um, and then I was was applying for jobs, editing my CV and stuff um, in the meantime. And then the way that I actually got into ITV is like, I genuinely don't remember applying for the role. <laughs> like, <laughs> my CV was just like uploaded to Indeed. And I think this is another thing, especially in media and, you know, using these systems that have algorithms and like SEO, that the way that, you know, your CV is structured, it's picked up automatically by, you know, these systems. Mm. So I think the keywords that I'd put on my CV then sort of, attached itself to the job advert that came from ITV and then I just got a call out of the blue saying your CV was on this site I must have clicked apply but I don't remember applying for that specific role because I was so that goes back to me saying I'd done enough experience to know okay well I don't want to be a researcher at that time I didn't want to be on set I just wanted to edit because that's what I was good at and I could do it really quickly so on my CV at the beginning, I basically put a lot of emphasis on the fact that I could edit on Adobe, Average, Final Cut, all the different skills that I had. And thankfully, the job that was advertised, they needed you to edit on either Adobe or Final Cut. Right, okay. <laughs> and then it just put us together. So it's just stuff like that that I think be more specific as well in your CV. So, for example, rather than saying I can edit, like what can you edit on what skills can you use like what's the system called like is it Adobe Premiere is it Photoshop put that specific name on the CV yeah Um, and so you were saying you were interested in editing that's what that's where you were headed at that point yeah that's where I was heading at that point and that's what the role was it was very much top and tailing so we were sending clips it was um, in a department called content delivery that worked really closely with the archive and my role was on the local ingestation so basically we would get um, requests from daytime television so from loose women this morning and all very exciting to me fresh out of uni yeah Um, yeah and it's when they would basically, you know, want clips that have already been out on ITV. So, for example, if like someone from um, I'm a Celebrity was going back on um, this morning for an interview, they'd say we want to find these clips from when, for example, Peter Andre was on I'm a Celebrity. Mm-hmm. Someone from the archive would find the clip and then they would give it to me and I would edit it and then send it to this morning or loose women. Okay, um, okay. But I got that through the fact that I was an editor and it was very top and tail, um, but it was a good way for me to use those skills to come in. Um, yeah. And that radio experience, it, it strikes me about how strict you were with yourself at that point. And actually, as you said, you had a you had a t- you were strict with your time management and you had a schedule. It's just like, actually, I know what I need to do. I'm going to do I need to earn my money. I need to pay for my rent and I'm going to. Yeah work five days but actually I'm not going to sit around and just not do anything on my two days off I'm gonna gonna work really hard to do and obviously as you said that's led to you getting your position but I think there's an that work ethic's really strong hope to just yeah do you know what I'm so glad that I haven't and if I'm honest like I've had a really good support system in terms of I think that my media teachers and my family like they must have seen something in me that at the time I was just like I'm having fun I'm just gonna keep going and they really sort of like pushed me to be like okay what are you doing next and like you know I didn't really need motivation but I think I needed the support I needed sort of like the army of people around me like saying 
you know that is achievable you can do it especially within an industry like media as like a black female like it's something that back then it was really hard but thankfully you know the world has changed where we've seen that actually we need more diversity we need Mm -hmm. more young people we need more um, ideas so I think for me it was the perfect time but at the same time I haven't used that as like a comfortable scapegoat like everything comes you know in unison that that plus the fact that I want to work and the fact that I'm you know interested and I'm self motivated it does really help yeah yeah 100% it does not it yeah and it really struck me when you were talking earlier about your media teachers and what an influence they'd had on you and and how they'd shaped your decisions and as you say that support network of encouraging you and I suppose particularly if you weren't necessarily academic in other sub- in other areas, but actually media was your passion and you were doing all of these other outside activities to drive your interest, that they, yeah. that, as you say, that they were on it in terms of spotting where your potential was, was and where you might go as a person in the industry. Yeah, amazing to be yeah, able to. Yeah, definitely. Something that I would as well sort of advise and advocate for is if you sort of know um, what industry or what career path you want to go down um, is you know looking what qualifications you need now so for example like yeah. you know even if you're 12 13 14 like I'm also about you know a good balance that I think kids should be kids and like enjoy your youth but um it's like something I actually picked up from the rice scheme where my mentor you know one of the tasks she gave me was what role do you think you'd want in five years and I just slowly start to chip away at it and I think that's why I um a level I did pick politics I never would have picked politics honestly like (laughs) it would have been been, like the worst option ever however once I knew that I wanted to go to Salford University the requirement was a humanities subject as well as media subjects so I already had media and English but I never studied history at GCSE. I'd never done anything that was essay writing, basically. Uh, and okay. you needed that to get on the course. So then I had to study politics. Um, and so, you, actually, so you'd already made that decision while you were doing your GCSEs about your university? About my A-levels. Yeah. About your A-levels, so yeah. 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 So because obviously the way that you are working a little bit ahead, so, you know, when you're doing your GCSEs, then you start to think of your A-levels. But, you know, whilst thinking of my A-levels, I was thinking about the degree. And That's what I mean. You do, You were already yeah. thinking two, three years ahead. That's extraordinary, yeah. Hope. Not many people do that. <laughs> that is, yeah, well, I mean, that I is planning. Like be... that is, that is your time management there. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to be caught off guard, Carrie, I tell you that. Because, <laughs> because the thing is, as well, I just really did. I think I, I really, really wanted to be in this career. Like, if I'm honest, I'm happy. I'm extremely, like, thrilled with where I am now in my career. Mm-hmm. But it has been a lot of planning and a lot of strategy. Um, But I just really didn't want to apply for the, you know, the course that I wanted at uni and then find out, you know, you have good grades, just not in the subjects that we needed. Yeah. Because I think that would have been happy. But then also I think that comes with, like I said, I have older siblings that have been to uni. So I have had, you know, the fortunate relationships where I've heard about things like my teachers at school were really sort of helpful in terms of saying well what are you thinking about this is what you should do and stuff so um it's like when they say it takes a village and I think it has taken a village mm-hmm. um with this yeah so have you approached the rest of your career with that kind of strategy and foresight and planning so you obviously got your you got your job at ITV and then yeah have you have you managed that in the same way up until your current role is that something that you um, have been planning or has it been slightly more fluid than that 
No, I think, you know, once you get into the industry, things do slow down a little bit, just in terms of, you know, the when you're an individual independent person, you can do six or seven freelance jobs at a time if you want. Yeah. You can keep working until you don't eat and don't sleep. Not that I'd recommend it, but you can't do that when you have a full-time role. Like you have a role to do, but then also, yeah, you do have all these ideas. Um, but then also as well, I think going from being a student um, to working in a, you know, a nine to five full-time office job with thousands of colleagues and stuff, it's a new routine altogether. I'd mm-hmm. never worked in an office before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at the time I was one of the youngest in the office as well. So I think it spent, you spent a lot of time getting used to that. And like I was saying before, when I was at uni, I was working in a bar. So my hours were completely different. The earliest I'd start work would be like half 11 in the morning yeah. and I'd finish at like three or four o'clock. Whereas um, at ITV, I was starting work at nine, half nine, finishing at 6 p.m. So my body clock was all over the place. So it's like, it's a lot of stuff, you know, to be prepared for, which is why I was really keen on, you know, speaking with you today, because it is a massive transition from working towards something, then you get it and then you have to adjust again, like overnight. Yeah. Um but then also as well, in terms of the role, it is really different because, you know, you are employed to do a specific role when you get a job anywhere. So it's not like when you're working by yourself where you can do a project for a couple of months and then say, OK, I'm going to go. You know, that person doesn't need my help anymore. So I'll go and pitch myself to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, you are doing the same role for a period of time. And then also as well, the competition is very much more level playing field. Because the people that have been employed alongside you obviously were employed by the same people, give or take, because yeah. of similar reasons. So it's not like, you know, when you're at uni where it's like, okay, well, you're getting first, but then they're getting two twos and you're interested in this, but they're interested in that. Like, it's much more similar. Obviously, everyone is different, but your work ethic, the the bar starts to become closer and closer and closer and closer so yeah. then the com- competition becomes more intense mm-hmm. but then at the same time you have to work with you know those colleagues on the same projects to make sure that things are going the same way and then also as well in terms of promotions and opportunities to come around like they do happen at ITV and it has been really nice for me to take advantage of them working at ITV has been for me really good because it's so friendly here it's so supportive here and I think that is why I've been able to move around my um management at the time similar to like how my um my school teachers were they you know saw something in me and they were like you know you're you are quite good at project management so at the time in content delivery the sort of level of responsibility that I was getting was just going more and more in terms of projects so I was helping quite a lot and I think that's kind of helped me sort of realize those skills in myself and then you know it's being reflected in how I'm able to move around the company mm. as projects come in you know if I'm needed then I'm able to pitch myself or you know be asked can you help with this yeah. um But, you know, and the thing is as well, I think it's quite dangerous in terms of, you know, social media, like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and even LinkedIn. LinkedIn's an amazing platform, but a lot of the time people post their achievements on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, they do. So, yeah, people post their achievements. And I I do it like I've been for like four or five promotions since I've been at ITV and I've only got one or two of them. But no one knows about the other five that I went for. No, well, we don't ever talk about that, do we? We don't ever say, actually, I'm going... Or, I mean, very rarely do people say, actually, I'm going to be going, I'm going for this job and then actually I didn't get it. That's not... 
it's not the darn thing. So you're right. You are, if you're looking, yeah, if we're talking professional capacity, as you say, from LinkedIn, let's say, then actually all you do see is those positive stories. It's very yeah. rare that you get those kind of, you know, the resilience that you're having to bounce back from not getting a job to not getting a job to then eventually maybe getting being successful and getting the job that you're after. It's yeah, it's a challenging process. And it's different as well when it's like, you know, if you apply for a job, for example, with me, when I was applying for jobs before I started at ITB, as much as it was disheartening, I didn't have to go into ITB the next day with the people that I've worked with and told them I'm going for this interview, I'm going for this promotion. Mm -hmm. I'd just go back to my bad job and no one would know. If they heard that I didn't get it, you know, they'd be positive, like I'm sure next time and people would still send you things. Whereas when you're working in a company, and you apply for a promotion and you don't get it, you you might probably you'll find out on the Friday. So you'll have the weekend, you know, to be a bit upset and then come back on the Monday. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always work like that. Like you might find out at one o'clock in the afternoon and you don't finish work till six. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a whole afternoon to get through it. Yeah, a whole afternoon, and then you go home. And like so it is really, really like I think, and this is why I was saying like I'm really keen to be, you know, on the side of media now that you are on Carrie, just to really help. Um, young people to understand how it actually is Uh, and that resilience because that is resilience and we talked about it briefly earlier but that is resilience to keep to keep the faith to keep the belief to understand that you do have skill sets and qualities that somebody is going to be looking for it might just not be right for that job but actually there will be you know what's that saying that one one door closes another one opens like keeping keeping that faith that actually that will happen and you might not get this job but another job will come along where you can you know, where you will be successful. It's, yeah, definitely. And I think for young people thinking about the qualities that they have, if they can build that resilience through the work that they're doing in their education pathway, you know, whether, whether it's GCSEs or A-levels or university, then actually that's really good, a good skill set to have coming into the industry. Yeah, definitely. So, so can you tell us a bit about your current job? Because a VOD schedule executive might not be a job title that anybody is listening might have a clue about what it actually even means yeah. what does that involve would you would you give us a little overview of what is a VOD schedule executive and what does that mean kind of on a day-to-day basis for you yeah so it is quite a new role um mm-hmm. just in general so VOD um means video on demand so anything from you know your Netflix um Amazon Prime Disney Plus YouTube like that that is the generic term for anything that you can just choose what you're going to watch when you want to watch it (laughs) so my role as a VOD schedule executive within ITV is working on ITVX and also on um, BritBox to basically every time you go on those sites we work with the editorial team who will basically say um, we've bought this series for example of um, Shameless from Channel 4 from the producers whoever has made this and we're going to put it on ITVX. So we've bought the rights for this. We're going to put it on ITVX. As a schedule executive, your role is to then work with the corresponding teams. So working with the delivery team, so the team that will deliver the file, the imagery teams who will put like the picture on that you see that you'll click, the rights teams, the compliance teams, making sure that everything is signed off for the day that it's supposed to launch. working with the technical teams um a lot of meetings a lot of um juggling plates a lot of checking that the right versions are there because sometimes what happens is you know a file may come in and there might be something that's you know there might be a swear word in it that compliance have been like we can't air that so then you'd have to get a new version of it 
delivered, making sure that it's the right one that's in the schedule and just making sure all the other teams that have a role to play are working cohesively together to make sure that the files are up on time and playable for the user to to view basically but it's that per um per episode uh-huh. times 100 whatever so for example if, if you bought the, if some if we bought as ITVers bought the rights for every single series of shameless mm-hmm. which there's a lot then yeah, you have to do lot. every <laughs> so then you'd have to do it for every individual ass- um every individual asset sorry so every individual episode make sure the files there the images there the compliance is there the rights are there and then send that one off but do it for everything um so yeah, as a lot of that's where my skills of organization and time management have come in. Basically. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see that just with the amount of well, as you say, if you just take Shameless as an example, that's huge, right? Managing all of that. And and that's only just one series. You'll be, I imagine, managing multiple series at any one time. Yeah, multiple series, multiple titles. Like and you know, it, it television it is like a compact comp- Oh, sorry. It's a competitive industry anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So especially with streaming sites. So, you know, we're competing on ITVX. We compete with um Netflix, iPlayer, Amazon. Like it's like, what is the viewer going to choose to watch? So obviously these companies are wanting to buy the most things that they can. So for us, it is quite busy. It's thrilling and it's good for me because I like to be busy, but it's a lot of stuff um at once sometimes. <laughs> yeah, God, it sounds it. But what a yeah. what a fascinating job kind of managing all of that process. What are what yeah. are the skill sets do you think that you had as a young person that you can now see utilizing in that in that role particularly? Yeah, I think you know, one of them would be I, I don't know the better way to say it, but it's like the fear of failing. I think <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the better way to say that is, but you know, making sure that I got things right, accuracy probably is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like I always like to make things are correct and you know in this role if you do make a mistake or if you have you know everything you know people make mistakes all the time it's not the end of the world but because it's such a team effort if one person you know makes a mistake it might have a ripple effect on everyone and it's you know right at the front line of putting it on the app so if I've made a mistake it might actually be visible on the app Mm -hmm. and you might get customer complaints and stuff like that so I think the accuracy um the pride of you know I'm proud to work in television as a whole and I want you know anything that my name is against or any project that I'm a part of to you know for people to be like wow is that where you work or wow did you do that like I think the pride as well and then like I said the organization the time management mm-hmm. um yeah the the teamwork it's a lot of things that I've developed like I used to think in media the skills were you know all the technical skills like can you edit can you record can you you know stuff like that when mm-hmm. really the strongest um employees I've seen are the ones that like have the good teamwork have the good communication have the patience as well as the ability to act urgently it's like a really delicate balance mm-hmm. yes you do need those technical skills but you could be the best technical person but not know how to speak to a room of people to actually allow them to feel the sense of urgency but also feel like yes we can do this yeah um so yeah I think it's a a combination of sort of like personable and technical skills definitely yeah the teamwork makes the dream work definitely particularly in that job definitely um so what do you think's next in your career for you hope do you you talked about that five-year plan earlier I'm not asking you to share it by the way but (laughs) do you are you mapping that out are you are you looking for to the future and where your career might go 
Is yeah, that something think, you think about consciously? Yeah, do you know what? I think like more recently, um, I'm really happy that I haven't been thinking about it in the sense of an urgent way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking it of it that way for a long time. Um, up and I'd say probably up until like even last year when I went on to rise. Like I, I don't know, like you, you could tell that I took so much from rise because I was like wow like there's so much more out there that you could be doing um and learning from so many different women about what they do and how long they've been doing it um so I'm really content with where I am now in terms of media as a whole I'm happy with the roles that I've done and that I'm doing and you know like I said I do sort of go with the flow I want to get to the point in this team where I feel like I can do it with my eyes closed I feel like I can be called on by anyone to help and support them um so I have no plans on leaving this team no plans on leaving ITV however they'll be pleased to hear that if they're listening (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they will be um but yeah I don't have any plans on leaving I'm really fortunate to have started at ITV at such a early time in my career and the support system that I have here is really um really good like I feel like my managers see skills in me that I don't see in myself and they help me to develop them and they're really motivational um but then on the side as well I do think um as a lifelong career thing I really do want to get into helping the next generation in media break through and understand how it is um mentoring um, and being a mentee was really I think career changing for me just to you know when you work in media and you've started doing it for a while you sometimes you have achievements that you've met and you've made and because you move on to the next thing and there's sometimes there's an overlap you don't actually realize that you accomplished something that you had on your to-do list for two or three years because you're just working so much you don't realize your own accomplishments and how far you've actually come um So I think just making it more an enjoyable experience for people that are coming into the industry and people that are here. Um, I think we're so fortunate, like everyone in the media industry as a whole, that we actually work in an industry which has the sole purpose of entertaining. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's special, isn't it? Yeah, how amazing yeah. is that? Yeah, totally. Whatever like, job you're in, you all yeah. everyone contributes to that. Yeah, we're all like whether you work, you know, on streaming alone or linear TV or even radio, like our job is like to entertain people, to help lift people's moods. Like in COVID, like I felt such a sense of pride for working here because so many people would just, you, we had no option but to be at home and watch TV. And like knowing that, you know, in a crisis like that, that was so, you know, it was physical, but it was also like a mental battle for a lot of people that I work in the industry and for, you know, one of the stations that was actually helping people to just feel some sense of normalcy and I think you know everyone has a job that you know some days you don't want to go to work or you feel tired or you can't be bothered but you know the overarching feeling of like wow like I am actually doing something great something that so many people you know look up to and want to be part of and that we change so many people's days um by just doing our role that we don't realize it so um bringing a bit of the fun back (laughs) to tv not that it's lost it but being you know on that side of television that's about positive vibes and you know like you know just helping people to just grow and evolve within the industry yeah yeah you said that so beautifully it really you really did so what um what advice would you give to people looking to get into the industry? You've sold it brilliantly there. So what, <laughs> what would you, if they're, if they're looking at, okay, this sounds like a, an amazing industry and also this kind of scheduling role looks so I could yeah. be good at that. I've got similar qualities and skill sets to hope and 
I would quite like to explore that. What would, what would you advise? Yeah, I think depending on the route that you would go down. So like, obviously I went to university, but a lot of my colleagues didn't go to university. The good thing about TV is that you can get into it from any direction. You can do an apprenticeship, you can have a degree, or you could literally just apply for a role, having worked in a flower shop for five years and one in a change. Mm-hmm. Like, it is very personality based. Um, I would advise people to actually just, you know, not be scared of your creativity um, and just go for it. Like if you feel like you want to work there, or if you want to apply for a role, just apply for it. Because a lot of the times when you get to the interview stage, especially as you, you know, you progress in your career, people actually want to know more about you as a person rather than your skill set. And I think that's sort of the disparity between education and employment that yes, you do need certain skills and certain qualifications to do certain roles, but also something that employees are looking at is people skills mm-hmm. and how you are as a person and how do you treat your own career? Are you tenacious in your own career? Are you unstoppable in your own career? Because if you are, then that person's going to be like that for us. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I've been so successful is because all of my managers know how serious I take my own personal career. So then it will just be reflective on the team that I'm in. Um I think also as well, trying to be agile, trying to keep your finger on the pulse. You know, if a new thing comes out, just try and learn about it as much as you can. Even if it is just reading an article, um, you know, about, for example, the next thing that might come out after streaming, like streaming is very in right now. Streaming's in everyone's faces. Learn as much as you can about streaming. Not even, you know, it might be difficult to learn practically and hands-on if you're not in the industry, but there's millions of articles millions of talks millions of little videos that you might pick something up from there that you realize actually I already do that and you know this generation as well is like the perfect generation coming up because it is a complete social media like internet generation yeah you know I'm 26 but the internet wasn't what it was when I was growing up but like over the past few years that this generation that's coming up now, they will be teaching the older generations like these new quirks, these new skills. Don't be scared to try things. Don't be scared to show people like this is what I can do. And like we said, be prepared for the rejection. If you're prepared for it, when it happens, it won't hurt as much. It will still hurt. I mean, even you could probably say, Kerry, like when you go for roles, if you don't get it, it does knock you a bit. Oh, yeah, like, it will always knock you. Mm, yeah, of course it will it always knock you but I think the more you go and the more rejection you get the more you'll be able to brush it off and also something that I think is really important is asking for feedback from unsuccessful interviews um you know I had it before where I'd gone for an interview and I didn't um get the role and I was too stub I was too upset to ask for the feedback and then when I went and asked for the feedback a few months or maybe a year later it just the records weren't there anymore um so something that I always, always do is ask for the feedback, whether you're successful or not, ask mm-hmm. them, you know, what was it that you liked or what was it that I could have improved on? Because a lot of the times, the, you know, you might have been second or third. It was just that you didn't say this or it was just that you didn't have that. So then you go away and you you learn that so that the next interview, you know, you've done that. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing is just have fun. Like it's overwhelming sometimes. There's a lot of things you can do, but I do see this industry as a playground for me because I love it anyway. Um, so just trying to have as much fun as you can, um, not to take things personally. Um, and yeah, just just be along for the ride. It's gonna be a roller coaster, but everyone is on that roller coaster with you. 
whether it seems like they've got it all together or not, you know, everyone will have had a downtime, a confusing time, a worrying time. So, yeah, just enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah, oh, couldn't have said it better myself. I hope that one is totally amazing to to hear your thoughts and also those insights in terms of how other people can prepare themselves to the industry and what they what kind of skill sets they need to build up. Look, yeah. we've come to the end of the episode. It's been, I could talk to you forever. Um, that you've got so much yeah. wisdom to share and it's been really fascinating talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, Hope, and um, good luck with your with your next steps and your and your career. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me and good luck everyone that's listened. Mm-hmm.